Amen. I, uh, I thought about teaching today the most important election in my lifetime. But, and then, uh, of course, I'd talk a little bit about election, about Paul saying, make your calling and election sure. And that's the election we're talking about, being saved. So there is an election coming up in a couple of days, but it's not nearly as important as you making sure your calling and election is sure in Jesus. Amen. Because this king, our kingdom uh, that we're in part of is not of this world. And whether you believe it or not, Jesus Christ is not an American citizen. The Constitution of the United States is not uh, cataloged uh, hanging on the wall. The Bill of Rights is not to God's right and the Constitution to his left. Oh, glory is not flying in heaven today and he doesn't salute. I thank God for this country and this nation. Thank God for the freedoms that we have. But the Bible tells us the kingdoms of this world are coming down. And that includes this one. Amen. The kingdoms of this world become, will become the kingdoms of our Lord. If this system works, then we wouldn't need the Lord. But we're going to need the Lord to set this thing in order, in short order. I believe the Lord's coming soon. Anybody believe that? Somebody say amen. So... I recognize that I'm privileged to live in a nation where freedom and uh, liberty is exalted and encouraged. And I thank God for the voice that we have today to speak the word of God without fear. Amen. To preach the word. So I thank God for those freedoms. But I also recognize that I'm a part of another kingdom. And these two kingdoms clash. This leads me to what I'll be sharing with you for the next four weeks as I teach in this class. Now, I... I I struggled over what to even save it in my computer as. You know, you just got to name it so you recognize what it is so you can go back to it and find it. Uh, so I, I had a little difficulty with that. I guess the best thing I could describe it is what we're going to look at in the next four weeks. Uh, I would call cultural diseases. <laughs> cultural diseases. Do you recognize this the culture, this world is getting stranger and stranger by the moment. I think one of the biggest feelings I have in prayer, and I think it's very important because um, I recognize uh, that I, when I spend time with the Lord every day, you know, prayer doesn't necessarily first change things. Prayer first changes the prayer, the person praying. And so... I recognize uh, when, I'm, when I don't spend time with the Lord, there are thoughts, and, and Brother Mason was talking about it Wednesday night, strongholds in my mind that can take over if I'm not careful. And I begin to wonder why the Word of God says what it does. It doesn't make a lot of sense and maybe not even uh, has a good definition according to the culture in which I live. But the more time I spend with the Lord... The more, times, the more time I see things from a heavenly perspective, that I begin to realize that, uh, that maybe thinking in my own mind that I thought was normal is not normal to God, that these are high things, that these are strongholds. Somebody say amen. So what I want to do today is just, just uh, begin today, and I don't know how far I'll get, but in the next few Sundays, we're going to look at some things that characterize the culture of the last days. Does anybody believe we're in the last days? And 
what the Word of God says is going to be going on during the last days and the last times. And I think it's very important for us to recognize that this is not... Uh, this this is not a mark of congratulations from the Lord. Uh, this is a warning to those that would heed it of what will be taking place, what will be culturally acceptable in the last days, and will bring on the coming of the Lord. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing him say, well done. Now where I want to start today is in John chapter 18, verse 28. And as we read along here, if you have your Bibles, please get them out. Uh, this is very important, and if you, you, know, you want to jot down some notes or underline some scriptures, that's fine. If it's on your digital device, you can pull it out. You can make notes on it there. Uh, but please don't think that I'll just remember everything Pastor says today uh, because I probably won't remember everything I said today. Somebody say amen. John chapter 18, verse 28. And as I read here, as I go along here, I'm going to come across a scripture here that gives uh, that puts a lot of friction, uh, as I guess that's the best way to say it, between my, the flesh and the spirit. It puts a lot of friction between me and what God wants for me. So in John chapter 18, verse 28, to set the scene, I want you to recognize what's going on. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas, now, Caiaphas was a high priest into the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but, they, but that they might eat the Passover. And I want you to recognize what's going on here. The Jews had arrested Jesus. They had trumped up charges. Huh. Okay. <laughs> they had trumped up charges. Uh they, they lied on him. There were people that said he was the king of the Jews. They, they took what people had said, inferred it on Jesus. We know, we know he was not just the king of the Jews. He was the king of kings and lord of lords. But these were religious people. Everybody say religious people. They were, they were lying on him. And, and, but the Bible says they, they did not want to go in the judgment hall because that would defile them at the Passover. They had religious rites that they were participating in. They didn't want to appear wrong before God. But yet they were fixing to kill the Son of God. Now isn't that amazing that they can say, Oh, we want to still be religious, but we're fixing to kill a man that is, has no just cause to be dead. We don't want to go in there because the law says we can't. Man, you know, at this point, I don't think it matters if you go in the judgment hall. You've already falsely accused a guy and you're fixing to kill him. Warning sign. If we're not careful, we can be religious and religion not affect us at all. We can justify things that are not right. Whether they're in our own mind or our own lives, somebody say amen. Okay, so that's what's happening. The, the Jews wanted the, the uh, Pilate and the Romans to do something because they were too religious to do it. They want somebody dead, but we can't do it. We want somebody else to do the dirty work, so we'll still be righteous. All right. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a malefactor or a criminal, we would not have delivered him unto thee. 
He said, I want to know what you're bringing against him. They said, hey, if we didn't think it was a criminal, we wouldn't bother you. They didn't answer his question. But then said Pilate unto them, take you him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, it's not lawful. Look at this. We can't kill any man, but you can for us. Isn't it crazy how twisted religious people can get? We can't kill him, but you can kill him for us. It's not going to get any better. Verse 32, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Verse 33, then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, saying, Sayest thou these things of thyself, or did others tell it to thee? In other words, do you want to know for yourself, or are you just wondering because somebody said it? Pilate said, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and chief priest have delivered you unto me. What have you done? Look at this. Jesus answered. What have you done? Jesus answered that question. My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. You know, a lot of the fighting in this world has to do with kingdoms that are of this world. I hope you recognize even that in the kingdom of God, there are a lot of church fights that are not over God's kingdom. They're over somebody else's. Everybody okay? There's a reason why the Bible says you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you need to keep the Holy Ghost stirred up in your life. Because power without the controlling element of the Holy Ghost in your life is dangerous. Everybody okay? And I've seen people get bent out of shape. And, and uh, some, somebody asked me, they, they know I'm an LSU fan. Somebody said, how are you doing today? I said, I'm doing great. Oh, I didn't know for sure. Well, you know what? My wife asked me that same question last night. I said, Cheryl, this won't amount till the water gets hot. I don't know what that means, but that's what they used to say years ago. I guess a long time ago, it took a long time for the water to get hot. It don't take too long now. <laughs> I said, I won't even probably remember it three weeks from now. I won't remember it surely. What eternal value does this have? If my... If my happiness is based on something that happens here, I'm miserable. I don't want to be that miserable. <laughs> Somebody say amen. So uh, I think a lot of the strife and a lot of the fighting and a lot of the carrying on, think about it in marriage, think about it at work, think about it in the church. Jesus said fighting comes because of where the kingdom originates. If your kingdom is earthly, you're going to fight. But the, what will take the fight out of you is when you realize your kingdom is not in this world. Amen. It's not of this world or in this world. Amen. And Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight. But my kingdom is not from hence. Somebody say amen. Now, 
What I do know is these were people of great revelation. We saw that uh, where they wouldn't even go into the, into the hall of judgment because they didn't want to defile themselves. They wanted to be able to participate in the Passover. But in this passage, Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. Uh, there's a statement I want to begin with today by Yasmin McGahead, I think is the way uh, they pronounce his, the last name, but he made this statement and I want to share it with you. He said, Try not to confuse attachment with love. Attachment is about fear and dependency and has more to do with love of self than love of another. Love without attachment is the purest love because it isn't about what others can give you because you are empty. It is about what you can give others because you're already full. Anybody full here today? Turn to your neighbor and tell them you're full of it. (laughs) Whatever it is. Amen. It's not about what others can give you because you're empty. It's about what you can give to others because you're already full. Now, uh, where I want to go today, I'm talking about a disease of this culture that we battle with as a church. And I want to, uh, I want to say as your pastor, uh, uh, as I spend time with the Lord, there's something that keeps... Uh, stirring in me, and a concern uh, comes to the the top of of the of the pot, so to speak. Something boils up, and I'll I'll share it with you. It is a concern with selfish sensitivity. It is a concern. Not I want to be sensitive when I come to church. I want to feel God when he moves. I want to hear his voice when he speaks. I don't want to sit there dead and think, did God move and I not get it? I want to be sensitive. But in this culture, there is a, uh, I think we think it may be normal for us to, uh, to live a life. You know, a few wor- years ago, the word of the year was selfie. We are now dealing with a culture that is enamored with themselves. And when you become enamored with yourself, uh, a whole lot of things can happen. There can be an undue and un, un, uh, uh, unnormal, if I can call it that, an abnormal would be the word, sensitivity in your life that says, you know, if, if they say this or do this, then, then there are repercussions for that. I, I want to share with you today... That Jesus said, if you want to follow me, be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Somebody say amen. And take up your cross and follow me. I've said it before, you can't hurt a dead man. You can't, I mean, you can poke him in the eyes all you want. I think there are times we need to be reminded as a church, this culture is celebrating self. We need to keep celebrating the cross of Jesus Christ. The crucifixion of self. That's what church is about. This is why I'm here today to say, Lord, not my way and not my will, but your will be done. 
It's me coming to church and saying, Lord, I want to crucify myself again today. I want to render myself dead today. Uh, And so I think it's very important for us to recognize this. Uh, I, I understand that I'm not everybody's favorite preacher. I'm not everybody's favorite singer. I, you know, there, there, there are times in my life where people could say, I didn't like this and I didn't like that, and that's their opinion. If I'm not careful, I will get abnormally sensitive to think that everybody's got to like me, that my mission in the world is is completely that the world revolves around my feelings and my opinions listen my opinion is just my opinion in this study we may also bump into somewhere in the scripture the principle that says you need to let your yes be yes and your no be no there's nothing wrong with saying no to somebody We ought to love one another enough. Listen, your own family. Let's talk about your own family. Are there ever time when you have to to just say, now I'm going to say what the rubber is going to meet the road. This is the, we got to deal with this. It doesn't mean you don't love each other. It means you're not going to let one person because of selfishness control what happens in the home. You're not going to let that happen. Is everybody Okay. I'm not going to let you treat your sibling like that. I'm not going to let you treat your mother like that. I'm not going to let you treat your father like that. No, that's not acceptable. And sometimes we have to say, that's not right. You, that, that's not acceptable. And for somebody in my family to get offended because we're trying to love each other and help each other. Listen, uh, I think it's very important that we realize it, we're in danger of becoming very self-centered. Uh, the culture of self-centeredness can creep in the church if we're not careful. When I start looking around and I think, well, the Lord is here to please me and do what I want Him to do. You know what? That's, nothing can be further from the truth. You know how I know if we're not careful, the culture will slip into the church? Because if we're not careful, we'll start getting offended really easy. Man, I want to tell you, it's pretty nice to have a small church. Because everybody keeps everybody happy. But buddy, when other folks start coming around and God starts saving people and Man, they were scoundrels before God saved them, and they're, we still think they're scoundrels. <laughs> and they did this 20 years ago, and I still remember it. God's forgotten it and thrown in the sea of forgetfulness, but I still got it cataloged. And I know what they did, and I'm not ever going to get my foot off their throat. You know what? If we're not careful, offenses, we'll get offended really easy. Well, Brother Gene told me to straighten up. <laughs> I can't believe. We, all of a sudden, we're, we're walking around with raw scabs all over us, and anybody that walks by and just kind of nods and looks at you, you think, well, wh- what are they trying to say? I was up there playing my instrument, and so and Joyce looked at me kind of funny. Listen, this is terminology of a culture that's trying to slip into the church of the living God that says, I'm more important than anybody else. Often, uh, 
Everybody okay? You know what? I thank God for times my mother said, that's not acceptable. Go to your bedroom. I'll be there in a minute. I'm the man I am today because mom beat some stuff out of me. And if she ever listened to this podcast, I should say some stuff just to see if she ever listens. Shouldn't I? If she listens to it, I, w- I want to say, it wasn't, it's not a bad thing for me. Somebody said, oh, your mom abused you. I'd say, oh, no, she didn't abuse her. I abused her. No, she beat me for good reason. Me laying across the bed with my pants down and that belt hitting my bare rear end and bare legs. And I know that's a bad middle image at 940 or 950 on Sunday morning. But I want to tell you something. I, I didn't suffer child abuse. What she was doing to me was much better than what I'd been doing to her. Uh, anybody hear what I'm saying? And you can say all oh, you want. Oh, I never hit all well, that. You didn't weren't raised in my house. My mom said, "Go out and find me a switch." And I thought she's fixing to whip one of my sisters, not knowing that she'd found out what I'd been doing. So I got a real good switch, and I came back and had it ready for us off the holly tree. And I pulled all the leaves off of it and left the two on the end. I knew how you did it. And she said, "Okay, go to your room." And I thought, "What?" Uh-uh, that, that ain't right. I ain't getting my own switch. <laughs> That's Karen's switch. I got a switch for me. Let me go back and get my own. No, I wouldn't. You know, I'm telling you, there, there, there were times where mom had to say, I'm not pleased. If we're, if we're not careful, this culture will slip into our head and say, well, everybody's got to like me and everybody's got to like what I do. Every once in a while, I thank God that the Lord has the privilege to say, I'm not pleased with what you're doing. Straighten up. I thank God for a church where there's family members that love one another and say, hey, we're going to protect one another. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to exhort one another. And we're not going to be sensitive about it because we love each other. Come on, if you believe love is very important, would you clap your hands under the Lord? It's the greatest gift. Greatest gift. You know why? Because I need the ability to speak to you in love and tell you the truth. I've had people say, Brother Gene, what you said in the pulpit made me mad. Well, good. Maybe you need to realize that this culture is trying to slip into you and you think church is about you taking a selfie every service. I'm happy. I liked your sermon. (laughs) And if we're not careful, the whole world starts doing things so people will like it. I put my recipe on Facebook and 542 likes. And we get totally flipped out when somebody doesn't like it. I'm talking about cultural diseases. And if we're not careful, I think one... Why are you teaching in this fashion? I'll tell you, folks, as a pastor, I've got to lift our vision this morning a little bit. I've got to get us lifted up above this world. I've got to remind you that, our, that though the world may work in certain ways, that's not normal to the kingdom of God. That's abnormal. It's a disease. Somebody clap your hands under the Lord. And, Lord. I'm just three pages in here. Let's let's go to Luke chapter 17, verse 1. I may skip a few scriptures for those on the computer. But Luke 17, 1. Then said he unto his disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. Look at this. Look at this. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, I got some truth for you. You're going to get offended. Well, let's rephrase that. 
let's not say you're going to get offended. Let's say offenses will come. The chance for you to get offended is going to come. There's going to be stuff you don't like. There's going to be things that happen in your life that you wonder why it happened. You may even want to blame it on the devil. It makes it easier to accept. It makes your head easier to wrap. You can wrap around it easier if you blame it on the devil. Well, the devil's after me. That's what it is. Well, It may not be the devil. It may be God. The Bible says that Jesus said to his disciples, offenses will come and woe unto them through whom they come. So God's going to settle that. Those who who bring offense, they're going to give an accounting to God. And then in verse 3, he says, take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. Now, Now, I think it's important we forgive. But don't forget the first stanza is if your brother trespasses, rebuke him. Every once in a while, we need to be family enough to say, that's not right. I don't don't agree with that. I love you. Somebody say amen. Man. Amen. Lord, lift our eyes today. Thank God for a preacher that preached to me the truth. Thank God for a mother that that understood the power of a rebuke. And said, I love you enough not to let you keep going this way. You know, I'm sorry. I was raised in a day where when I brought a note home from my teacher about how bad I had been at school, the first act of war from my mother was not with the school system. Oh, that's foreign today. I want to tell you, I've heard it. We've had parents walk in the doors of this of this church and and say, "I want to talk to somebody about this school." And you know what they tell us? They say over and over, "Well, my boy got got mis, uh, mistreated in first grade, and he got mistreated in second grade, and he got mistreated in third grade, and nobody liked him in fourth grade, and he didn't have any friends in fifth grade, and he's go, it's bad because nobody treats him right, and it's, he's not getting a good education." You know what? There's some words in there that are really important. Everybody doesn't like my kid. Nobody treats him right. The problem's probably your kid. I want to tell you, I was raised in a home where if there were problems at school, my mother said, uh, she, she didn't go to school and say, hey, don't treat my boy like that. He's dumb, and I want you to leave him dumb. I know he's acting stupid, but that's his right. You let him act stupid. He disturbs the class. He ought to be able to. He's creative. He's bored with your lessons. No, my mom said, you're going to straighten up. You're going to treat that teacher right. And if you get a whipping at school, yeah, and I was raising that day too, you're going to get a whipping when you get home. Thank God for a generation that raised me that said, hey, I know you're important, but you're not the most important thing. You can't live sensitive like that all your life. It'll destroy you. You'll get offended at everything. Offenses are going to come. I had the chance to get offended today. I knew what I was going to teach, and as soon as the person said it, I thought, here it is. Here's a chance to get offended. And it was my wife that said it. I was in my office early this morning, and I'd made me some coffee, and I kind of like the smell of coffee, but I had a, a nice little candle that somebody had given me, and I, I opened it up, and I, well, that smells pretty good. So I set it up on the 
counter and I lit it up. It burned for a couple hours and I was walking around. Boy, that smells great. My wife came in the prayer room today. After prayer, I'd been walking with God, talking in tongues, feeling God's grace and mercy. I was in the third heaven. And she said, I just want you to know that candle you lit stinks. It's impossible, but offenses are coming. Somebody's going to say something you don't like. I said, are you serious? She said, yeah, that's the worst thing I've ever smelled in my life. I said, it smells like cologne. I kid you not. She said, no, it smells like somebody puked in the cologne. Right there in the prayer room. But you know what? She loves me enough. I know. She's, this is not a personal attack. She has her opinion. I've got mine. I think the candle's great. I think I'll take it home and burn it in the bedroom. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? No. We'd get all tough. Well, bless God, you offended me. I'm upset and sit over here on the front row and pout through the whole service. I'm preaching to you that the culture of sensitivity is trying to creep into the kingdom of God. This is not about us. I died a long time ago. My life is not my own and yours is not yours either. Thank God for people that love one another that can say, I don't agree with that. Well, that's okay. But we're not going to fight about it or pout about it or get mad about it because we love one another. Bless God, I think I'm going have a church meeting about what candle I should burn in the office. You know where fights come from? Because your opinion is this candle smells good. And somebody else's is smell like somebody puked in the cologne. I've seen churches fight over whether you have green carpet or red carpet. People get all upset. Well, I wanted to do this, or I wanted to do that. Never have I seen it even more. uh, Oh, boy, I should be careful here. But I want to tell you, I'm on a, a committee that's on an expansion project for the district. That's the entire state for the district. Now we're not dealing with saints. We're dealing with pastors. Hey, guys, we need to build a new dorm on the campground. Would you guys help us? And you know what? Some of them can't stand it because it wasn't built like they wanted it. You know what I say to him? I say, now, brother, listen, if you, <laughs> now listen to this. You're going to get up in your pulpit and you're going to say, folks, I prayed and I sought counsel and we had a little committee and we talked about it and this is the way I think we ought to go. Not everybody in your church is going to agree with it. But you say to them, let's unify, let's walk together. Come on, don't get cantankerous. But yet here you are. Uh-oh. I'm not giving because they're not putting the right color carpet in it. Well, just tell us what color you like. Because we sure don't want to offend you because you're so sensitive. Selfie. The word of the year was selfie. If we're not careful... Uh, we're going to think loving yourself in that abnormalcy is normal. That our lives should be governed by how many thumbs up we get. Somebody say amen. Offenses are going to come. 
If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. If he repents, what? Tell him about it a month later. No, forgive him. And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day he turns again and says, hey, forgive me, I did it again. If he does it seven times a day, what are you supposed to do? Say, oh, no, six was enough, but seven's the perfect number, and you've hit perfection. I can't love you anymore. No, you forgive him. Seven times in a day. I don't know anybody dumb enough to do the same thing to somebody seven times in a day. You know what that means? That means you have not exhausted your ability to forgive somebody if you have the Holy Ghost. Somebody may say something to offend you, but you know what? You need to get over it pretty quick. Paul said to one of, one of the churches he was writing at... Uh, uh, he said something. I think he said that sounds like puke. <laughs> Somebody puked in the Bible. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Uh, 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 don't go there. No. If any sick among you, call. Call for who? Call for the elders. Well, I missed two services and nobody's called me. Get over yourself. What's the whole world, world revolving around you? Where did you get this sensitivity? You know where you got it from? You got it from a selfie generation. Well, nobody liked my dessert I brought to potluck. Get over it. Are, are you hearing me today? I'm talking about the culture slipping into our heads and our hearts and us becoming our own gods. And you No, know, church isn't about me. It's all about the Lord. And what he's done in my life. Somebody say amen. Now, I think, I think in many of our lives we're treated unjustly. How many ever been unjustly treated? Justice. Let's talk about justice for a minute. Let's talk about it. Uh, let, let's talk about it. Let's talk about justice. Uh, in, the, in the Pledge of Allegiance, there's a line that has the word justice in it. It comes close to the end. And it says, with liberty and what? Justice. For all. That means everybody ought to be treated fairly. Fairly. That we need to treat everybody the same way. You know, God's no respecter of persons. You, you think, well, just because I'm saved, and the Bible does say you're the apple of his eye, but that has to do with your choice in following Jesus. I want to tell you something. Jesus loves everybody. God is love. He loves every person. You and the guy that's got a hangover sleeping it off today, he loves you both. He died for both of you. The murderer in prison today, he loves him just as much as he loves me. God is no respecter of persons. For God to be just, he cannot treat me different than he does the drug addict. He cannot cease to be just. So when I get bent out of shape because I get a little sick... And God, well, I pray and God didn't answer me. I asked him to give me a million dollars and he didn't. I've had people say, well, I, we prayed and my loved one died. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, yeah, we're all going to die. Every one of us. God can't heal us every time. He raised Lazarus from the dead, but Lazarus is not still living. He got sick again. And he died again. 
Sickness is because of sin, isn't it? Because of disobedience. Sickness doesn't mean God doesn't like you. Get over yourself. Well, God didn't answer my prayer. Well, you know what? Maybe he's got a will that's bigger than yours. Maybe he has a plan that's bigger than yours. You know what? I know this. Because there's some girlfriends I prayed, Oh, Lord, please let me marry her. And I'm telling you, I'm looking back now and I'm saying, God, I thank God you're smarter than I am. She's big as this whole section. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Doesn't have a full head of teeth. She loves candles. It smells like you puked in the cologne. I look back and thank God that he didn't answer some of those prayers. Amen. So I can't get upset because he didn't answer all of them. Because if he'd answered all of them, I'd be miserable. I'm Somebody say amen. The Bible tells us that God, God loves justice. Now, justice is the adherence to what is required according to a standard. And God is no respecter of persons. We can get offended with God because he doesn't do something. But we must not forget that God is just. God is just. I want to read a verse of scripture. And really, I guess I'm laying a good foundation because I'm working at it. Revelation 3.18. I counsel thee. Read it with me. I counsel thee to buy of me. Read it out loud with me. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. And white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see. You see, a pure, a pure heart is like pure gold. And, and the more you purify gold, the softer it gets. Lord, give us a soft heart. Sensitive to you. Sin easily hides where there's no heat of trials or afflictions. Well, Brother Gene, I'm offended at God. I'm discouraged because I've been going through something. Listen, God is trying to purify you. The Bible says, anoint your eyes so that you may see your true condition. Listen, we will only repent when you stop blaming other people. There there are parents sitting in this room that think because the church didn't treat their kids right, that's why they're not in church. Nothing could be further from the truth. I'm not preaching the message today because everybody was my friend when I was at school or everybody was my friend when I was at church everybody okay I thank God for a mother that I'd go home crying so and so said something so and so did something well there's going to be times people do stuff you don't like oh praise God I want to look at Matthew chapter 24, verse, uh, well, let's just start at the top. I think I gave the, the computer folks, I think I gave them verse 10, but I think we ought to just, you know, we must, might as well dive in here. We're Bible believers. We might as well just read it all. Somebody say amen. Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him. For to show him the buildings of the temple like he had never seen them before. Oh, Lord, we want to show you the buildings. 
And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily I say unto you, There shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign? Everybody say the sign. Sign of thy coming and the end of the world. And Jesus, and there's three things mentioned there. Jesus said unto them, Take ye that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. Everybody say amen. These are the things that shall be. You shall hear wars and rumors of war. And see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Everybody say amen. And there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in divers places. And all these things are the beginning of sorrows. Verse 9. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. Oh no, they're not killing us. Oh no. No, no, no. Uh-uh. No, they may have done that back then, but they're not going to do that now. They shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all. Oh, no, we're not going to be hated. We're going to make everybody love us. We're going to make our message so popular that nobody can dislike it. Everybody okay? Hey, I want to tell you something. We're in danger because the culture is selfie-centered. And if we're not careful, we'll start preaching a theology theology that tries to please everybody. And the culture walks in the door and says, okay, preacher, please me. Tell me I'm okay. Tell me I'm doing right. And the preacher has no liberty to say you need to straighten up because we're in a self-centered generation. Takes the power out of the gospel. Takes the power from the word. We're making the word of God none effect. Somebody say amen. Yep, you'll be hated of all men. For my name's sake, not because you were dumb, not because you made people mad. Let's get that straight. Hate, that hatred doesn't come because you dress the way you dress. shouldn't come because you treat people bad at Walmart. Oh, they said I'm going to be hated. Oh, no, that's for his name's sake. For his, because of his reputation. That's not just the name of Jesus. That means his reputation is going to make you hated. Okay, that's a whole lesson right there. But anyway, my goodness, it's five after. But we're going to go here just for a minute. Look at this. Uh, Verse 10, this is where I want to focus on. And then shall many be offended. Then shall many be offended. Why? Because they were afflicted, they killed them, and they hated you. Everybody say, you're going to have the chance to get offended. Say it. You're going to have the chance to get offended. And they shall betray one another and hate one another. Lord, don't let it be so in the house of God. Let this be a place of love. Where people have the liberty to say, no, I don't like your candle. See, it's kind of humorous. But people have a right to say, I don't like your, can- your candle. What do you think about that song I sang today? I didn't like it. I'm not coming back. Brother G, this is my last Sunday. That's it. Just get up and walk out, Joyce. That's it. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> that one time we let her sing, we didn't like it. Now she's, she's headed out. I'm done. She's going to welcome people to the house of God. That's what she's doing. I'm just teasing her. Don't get offended, Joyce. 
We, we can't even be honest with people because we're afraid we're going to offend them. I, I hate to say this. I, I hesitate to say, well, I don't know if I should say. You know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I love you, but there's a no there. Everybody okay with that? All right, good. Not that we're going to try to offend anybody because woe unto him by whom the offense comes. We don't want to live offensive, but we want to obey God. Verse 10 says, And then many shall be offended and shall betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. What are the signs? One of the signs of his pending return is many people getting offended. Who are these offended people? They're Christians. How do you know that? Look at the next verse. Verse 12. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Listen, that love there is agape. That's the love God puts in people. This is not filio. This is not family love. This is not love we have for brothers or sisters. That love right there in that verse is the word agape. It means the love God put in you. The only way that happens is for you to be born again. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. How? By the what? Everybody, the word is Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's the only way you get that love right there. And the Lord said that love is going to get cold. And that's why people are going to get offended. Folks, I want to endure to the end. Look at this. He said you need to endure. Be, stay full of the Holy Ghost. Stay full of the love of God. <laughs> you know why my wife can say I don't like your candle that smells like somebody puked in the cologne? Because I know she loves me. <laughs> And that doesn't have anything to do with whether I'm going to get dinner today or whether I'm going to get a, a hug from my wife that says, I love you. She can't make, maybe not like my candle, but she loves me. Thank God for a church where there's love that covers everything. And the Bible says you need to endure. Somebody say endure. Come on, keep on keeping on, saints. Don't give up now. Don't let the culture change your mind about obedience to God. Somebody say amen. Well, let's, let's stand together. We're just going to continue on next week right there. There's a bunch to, I didn't even get halfway done, but maybe we'll get full the way done next week.